Yeah, um, we are uh, Acts, Acts chapter 9, so my dear wife Catherine agreed to read, so that will save a bit more energy for me. Uh, okay, so let's read Acts 9. Uh, we will be going, uh, not the whole chapter, but uh, we will stick with the main points in the first portion, uh, then we will move on. Acts chapter 9, verse 1 till uh, maybe 18, 19, please. Thank you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for this wonderful time. Uh, Lord Jesus, we come together, speak to us, uh, strengthen us. Your word is living and active that brings you life. Lord Jesus, would you please come and bring healing, restoration, life, life in abundance, and help us to concentrate, God. Open our hearts and minds uh, so that we can receive your word. Lord Jesus, would you please come and do that? We ask for your help. Come, Holy Spirit, uh, Lord Jesus, in all age group, uh, together, we want to honor your name, God. Lord Jesus, you are the deliverer, you are the healer, you are the giver of life, God. Lord Jesus, we ask, uh, we are here with great expectation because you are a loving Father. Thank you for hearing our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. A couple of days back, come, oh no, a couple of weeks back, I got a message through Facebook or WhatsApp. Oh, oh thank you. It's called Bernabas, you know. So, so Mark Willoughby, Mark Bernabas Willoughby or something, you know, okay. Um, <clears throat> I got a message from one of my friends. I think we studied together till primary school. That's the time we were together. And he asked me, uh, Blessing, I'm in New Zealand now. Can you give me a call? Can we have a chat? Okay, I was thinking, okay, after a long time, uh, we studied together kind of combined study, you know, so I don't know whether you guys do in this country. Uh, when we do have examination, we will go to one of our friend's house and we spend whole night, especially boys, we don't study at the time when we are supposed to study, we roam around. When girls dig their head inside the, uh, the book, but we roam around. At the last two weeks, we are on fire, you know, so we do just a coffee or just a... Uh, uh, study, study, study. That's the last in a crash course, kind of. I think he is shaking. I have, I'm getting some support from some people, you know. Okay. Uh, so we do spend time uh, together whole night, starting from 9 o'clock, finishing 4 o'clock. That's the way, you know. So maybe then we finish and appear for examination. Easy, you know. Enjoy your life. Spend your life for study. Over. He asked me to contact. I called him. I, uh, his name is Siju. And I say, uh, uh, how are you? <clears throat> Uh, one of the things he said, uh, Blessed, I'd like to share something great news with you. I was thinking, what is that? Are you going to have another baby? Uh, no, no, not that one. Are you, are you going to buy a house? Yes, I bought a house. What's the good news then? He said, you know, I'm from a Hindu background. You know my dad because he, his dad was my mathematics teacher, you know. So that's another story. Um, so he, he, he spoke to me. Uh, you know, recently, I, uh, you know, one, one year back, I started reading the Bible and uh, I decided to follow Jesus. Last week I got baptized. Now I'm part of a church. And not only that, the church meets in my house. I was thinking, my goodness. We knew each other uh, like a primary school age after nearly 28 years hearing from someone from a Hindu background, very strong family, hearing that God broke into his life. You know, Just like amazing. Praise God. This morning, yesterday, I, uh, I received a phone call from, a missed call from India. 
So the reason they are not calling is quite expensive to call from India to here. So miss call means, can you call me back? That's a sign, you know. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, so if I'm miss calling you from India, that's that's the, that's you know you just called me back. That's the. Uh, uh, I called him. His name is yeah. I think I mentioned his uh, name many times in City Church. He's from Padupalli. His name is Manoj, and we studied uh, degree together. Uh, and. Uh, um, uh, the same thing happened. We, I did spend time with him nights for or study together. And uh, I went to one direction in terms of uh, different things. He went to one direction even for his uh, postgraduate studied. Brilliant guy. Uh, then I'm hearing he, he was uh, very much dep- depressed, um, addicted to alcohol, tried to commit suicide four or five times, jumping into a well in front of his house, broken marriage, uh, wife left. She said, I never come back to your house. Lots of things. Uh, when I think me and Catherine, or Catherine and I went to visit him a couple of times when we went there. I asked my brothers in my town, go and visit him. Go and visit him. I spent time with him. You know, so there is no hope in one sense. Only one thing you can hope, God, you, you, you can break in. At the same time, you, can you feel that? In your, you can't, you know, you, 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 can, you do have trust in God. At the same time, when you look at the situation... Impossible. Nothing is going to change. Still, you pray. When you look at the situation, nothing. It's impossible. It's it's impossible. I'm sure you you've been to that kind of situation, you know. So yesterday I called him, and he said, "Listen, God is doing something." You know, in his own phrase, he was not using the same our evangelical phrases. You know, he was using his own terminology. Say, "Jesus is doing something great in my life, and my whole." uh, uh, He was. kind of swelling in his face because of the depression and the tablets he was uh, taking, you know, he was kind of, uh, he's changed his facial uh, 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 style because of the depression he was going through, because of the suicidal tendency, the whole shape was changed. Now he's saying, people start saying, you are more and more, you, something is happening in your physical nature, you know, so you're coming back to some sort of normal stage. What is happening in your life? You're saying, People start communicating in the community, something is happening in my life. I ask him, take a photo and watch at me. I'd, I'd like to see your face. So God is doing great things. Then I said, not only that, my wife decided to come back to my house now. So one time she said, I'm not going to be with you. That's enough is enough. But last week, from last week, every weekend, this lady started living this man. You know? So I was thinking, God. One time I thought it's impossible. Lord, Lord, I prayed, I believed, I know you're sovereign kind of things. But when I look at that situation, in my heart, I felt it's impossible. But I'm hearing news. God is breaking into situations. God is changing circumstances. God is uh, changing people's heart. Even facial, the way they look. The way they talk. And, and he has no more tendency of committing suicide. Praise God. So he, he just feel like uh, uh, he wants to live. He wants to do things more for God. And he decided, I'm looking for a house in my village, in my town, so that you guys can come and meet in that special house. Oh, praise <coughs> God. That means could be end up in a ch- another church plant. You know? So the way God is dealing into people's life is so amazing. Where are we heading? Here in Acts chapter 9. This is another story. A guy called Saul, still breathing out murderous threat 
against Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for a letter to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found anyone where, who belongs to the way, that means who are following Jesus, uh, whether man, men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. This is the ISIS leader lived in Jewish, in the book of Acts time. He was so cruel, you know, chasing after men and women. I don't know anyone at that time prayed or believed a transformation for this guy. <laughs> There's no point, you know, because uh, he is so passionate. It's easy to pray for that guy because he, the, the, this guy who is running a shop, he's listening to the gospel, he's quite peaceful to us, he may get saved. So shall we pray for that family? You know that family on that corner? They ask, oh, where do you meet? And they are showing some sort of interest to come and join the church. The church is saying, oh, let's pray for them, let's pray for them. Somebody said, shall we pray for soul? It's a pin drop silence. <laughs> Which soul? The soul who is killing people. The soul who is murdering people. The soul who is shutting down all the, all, all the houses. In, in Acts chapter 26, I was reading this morning again, you know, he was explaining his, the way he, he tackled down uh, people in, even in different cities. Just go to Acts chapter 26. We, we may come back again. Acts chapter uh, 26 verse 5, I think. Uh, he's saying, you know, uh, they have known me for a long time. Acts chapter five twenty. Uh, Acts chapter twenty six, verse five. They have known me for a long time and testify if they are willing uh, that according to the the stricter sect of uh, our religion, I lived as a Pharisee, and now it is because of my hope in what God has promised our fathers that I am on trial today. This is this is the promise of the 12 tribes and hoping to see the fulfillment as they earnestly serve God day and night. Okay, verse 9. I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the saints in prison. And when they went to, and they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many, he was talking about, uh, about, uh, this is about uh, Stephen. I cast my vote against them. Many a time, I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished. And I tried to force them to be blasphemy in my obsession against them. I even went to foreign cities to persecute them. This is so is so cruel, so committed to attack the church. Is there any possibility this guy will know Jesus? No. 101 percentage, even if you believe in the sovereignty of God, you may say, nothing is impossible to God, but I know it's impossible. <laughs> this, will this marriage be restored? Yes, nothing is impossible with God, but when I'm looking at the circumstances, I know it's not going to happen. That's a situation. I don't know anyone prayed for this guy. Who is this guy? He was, uh, he, he was from a city called Tarsus. And he was a zealous, very, uh, very passionate Jew. And he hated the name of Jesus. That's the clip number. Okay, here we go. 
and 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 he hated the doctrine of resurrection you know and the, he hated the church and he was a murderer he was a lost man this is the criteria fit with uh, 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 with uh, Saul what is actually happening one day he was getting the authority from the high priest some people think I don't know I was looking some research whether he was riding on a horse or something I didn't find anything because some of the pictures shows like uh, Paul was riding on a horse and there's he falling apart uh, I was thinking nothing I didn't see anything but anyway he was on the way to Damascus to attack to persecute the church he was so passionate and what happened God met with him that's so uh, 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 so so dramatic and powerful encounter with Jesus he's saying like uh, when uh, 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 you know chapter chapter 9 verse 3 as he neared Damascus on his way suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him he fell to the ground that means it might be on the horse might be walking can I don't know that's not our research area he fell to the ground and heard the voice say to him soul Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you? Why, why, why do you persecute me? Then he's asking, "Who are you, Lord?" Said Saul, "Because someone stuck me down. Someone changed my direction. Somebody stopped me. That means this person is more powerful. Who can take over my life? I'm stuck now." So he understood this is more powerful. Oh, he thought this is God. This is Lord. That's why he is responding. Who are you, Lord? So ask. I am Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine that situation? A man is running, running his life, dedicated his life, committed his life every way to stop the church, every way to speak against Jesus. Now, he, he's, he was on the floor and asking a question, who are you? The answer is, I am Jesus. Oh, uh, did I misheard you? No, no, I'm Jesus. Whom you are persecuting. He replied, now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Okay, from this point, from this very moment, I'm in charge. He didn't get the chance to go to an alpha course. He didn't get the chance to go for, go, go for what, we, what do we believe, you know, introduction to what we believe, City Church course. He didn't get the opportunity to read a tract. He didn't get the opportunity to listen to Billy Graham's preaching. He didn't Google and find. He didn't get the opportunity. He was so passionate to persecute the church. That is in his brain. That is in his DNA. That is everywhere now. In an impossible circumstance. Impossible situation. When church even. I think maybe some people prayed. Praying for him. I think every hope is gone. That's the time God is breaking into situations. Can you believe that? You might be in this situation. Maybe not like this. Someone you really, really love. Your brother, your sister, your partner, your husband. 
You've been praying for your neighbor for years and years. All hope gone. They turned, some of them were following Jesus. Now they turned back to Jesus and they, they, they turned away from Jesus and following, being an atheist, you know, following away, away, running away from God. Oh, no, we missed the chance. But here, there is an encouragement. God can break in, into anyone's life at any time in his way and his style. He's unstoppable. That's his sovereign plan and his sovereign purpose. So he got the letter to persecute the church and he was 135 miles or 217 kilometers from Jerusalem, six days by foot. Uh, he was traveling towards Damascus. Then God arrested him. God stopped him and God transformed him. All this time you decided what to do. When to persecute him, who to persecute, where to go, what to do. From this moment, I will tell you what to do. <laughs> that, that's very clear there. You, know. you will be told what you must do. All this time you were doing for me, but you're completely mistaken. From this moment, I'm taking over your life for good. I'm taking you into a safety area. It is not a forceful, unwilling, imposing God's heart now. He was ignorant. He didn't know. He didn't get the chance to believe that. So he mentioned, he mentioning that in, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, chapter 13, he said, I was ignorant. I missed it. But God's sovereign grace gave me the chance. Now God is speaking to another guy in, another, in, in, the, in the same city that's in Damascus. There's someone called Ananias. Is it Ananias or Ananias? Ananias, okay. Okay. He's getting an email or text message. Oh, from something from Jesus. Oh, God just up He might be sleeping. You know, just a bit more. Ananias, Ananias. Familiar face. Is my wife? No. She won't talk to me like this. Very sweet. No. Who is this? This is Jesus. Oh, it might be someone angel. Or, okay. What, what Jesus? What Lord? What can I do? Go to the house of Judas on the straight street. I know God. I'm familiar with this street. I'm, I'm, I'm from Damascus. And ask a man from Tarsus. Oh, I know many friends from Tarsus. Okay. Give me the postcode. Give me everything also. What do you want me to do? I'll just go and pray for him. What? Is that the reason you woke me up in the middle of the night? You're going to tell me in the... Okay. Oh, just tell me the address. Okay, I'll go in the... Okay, so uh, do you want to know the name? No, it's easy peasy, you know, so I know that street, you know, just uh, praying for kind of things, you know. We're already doing extra, uh, you know, just uh, mission activities there, praying for someone. It's that easy. Okay. Anyway, it's worth taking the name. His name is Saul. What? Oh, maybe a different fool. Uh, uh, for, for your clarity, he's from Tarsus. And his name is Saul. For he is praying. Oh, this is a different guy, you know. So that guy never pray. He's always killed. In a vision, he has he, he, he seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands in, to restore him, you know. So 
he can't sleep anymore. He woke up. He, he said, soul or something else? The Lord, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem and he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. Maybe that night they heard the news. Saul is coming to Damascus. He's coming. He's coming. So maybe we need to do something. He's coming. Now, God, God woke him up and say, Now, the story is changed now. I'm asking you, an ordinary man. He's not an apostle. He was not a prophet. He was just a guy from Damascus. Scared. Already heard the news. God is asking, go to a house of Judas on street, street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For he's praying in a vision. He has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Story is changing. But Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the prophet, uh, the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Jesus was saying, I'm doing everything. I'm doing everything. All I'm asking you to do, go and lay your hands. <laughs> I will change his heart. I already changed his heart. I already spoke to him. I made him blind. But I can make him, I can bring him back by all my strength. But I don't want to do that. Because this is something my plan uh, my plan for him to preach the good news to the authorities, to the kings, and to the people of Israel, not just as a random person, I want to do that through the church. That's why I'm asking you to invite him to the church so that he can receive the sight and he can come back to, uh, to, to the calling or he can be fulfilled, he can uh, fully focus on the calling God has called him. So I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hand on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, my goodness, how can he call him brother? <laughs> Before that, murderer, <laughs> killer, persecutor, he's coming, he's coming. Now, suddenly, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road to you were coming here, has sent me to, to so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell, fell Saul's eye and he could see again. He got up and, and, and baptized and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Dramatic story. Amazing story. Amazing story. What was the problem with uh, Saul? He was so passionate he was so religious. Let's go to the slide number three. You know, so you can see that what was the problem with uh, 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 Saul. Saul of Tarsus was a very religious man. There is no doubt about that. He was so passionate. He was so committed. Then he can, you, can, you can see that how much he was passionate about his religion. That's in 
Philippians chapter 3 verse uh, 46 and Acts chapter 26 verse 5. We already read that Acts chapter 26. We will go to Philippians chapter 3 verse 4 to 6. Okay. Philippians, what, what does it say is there? Are we coming back here or do you want me to go? Okay, we, we, we'll go there. Philippians chapter 3. Uh, so there, Paul is explaining how he was committed and how he was committed for the kingdom of God. Okay, I'll go then. Oh, change. <laughs> I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else think they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day. These are the list of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. He's from the honor of the top Hebrews of Hebrews, regard to the law, a Pharisee. And for seal, he was so passionate persecuting the church as for righteousness based on the law what's the last word full stop blameless full stop who can say this I'm perfect I did everything tell me one thing he say based on the law I'm faultless perfect I don't know anyone in the Old Testament or New Testament made this comment on faultless unless he was some sort of problems. That is Paul. So he was following everything. So he was self-righteous. He lived a clean life as far as the law of God concerned. And Philippians chapter 3 verse 6 says he was blameless Concerning the law. So he loved the law. Next clip. He studied the law. He obeyed the law. And he lived the law. If you had examined the life of Saul of Tarsus and tried to find fault with him concerning God's law, you would have found nothing wrong with his life. What's the problem then? Is everything is perfect, you know? What's the problem? Where, where do things go wrong? Then we need to go to what, is the, what does that mean by law? You know, so that's a big thing. You know, so let's go to the next slide. So we'll go. What, so we had heard this word, the law, the law, 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 law. So we can be confused you know, with the, uh, what does it really mean by law? Is it talking about the Old Testament? Are they talking about the Messianic covenant? That means uh, God spoke to Moses. That's in Exodus, 10 commandments, all these kinds of is that mean the law? Are you talking about ten, man, ten, ten, uh, ten commandments? Or is it talking about some sort of principle of authority? You know, these are the things you should follow kind of things in uh, Leviticus. Is that mean? You know, so uh, what does that mean the law? In, uh, you know, in, in, uh, uh, the other one is uh, uh, penitence. That's in Catholicism and different churches, even in Methodist or even many churches follow that one. Uh, you know, they assumed many forms such as pilgrimages to holy sites, 
constructing, repairing and rebuilding churches and caring for the poor and sick. These kind of things, if you follow, God will be happy. So, what is law? So law has a wide variety of meanings. Sometimes it can be the five books. Sometimes it can refer to the Mosaic law. You know, so it could be ten commandments. It could be ten uh, uh, principal authority. Could be people think this is fulfilling some of the tick box, doing these kind of things. Then you can fulfill God. So the word law can be quite confusing, but according to the New Testament, it is very clear. Even though many places in the New Testament, all these terminologies appear and disappear. All the meaning, or if you put together, what does really mean by law is trying to please God through doing things or through your personal effort. You are fulfilling something and you are believing, if I do all these things, God will be happy in me. That will give me an eternity or that will save my life. That's the conclusion. So when you hear the law, don't just stick with the five books. Don't just stick with the Mosaic law. Don't just think the Ten Commandments. It can be anything. But all these things never save us. It's never save us. So in this world, some people go to, oh, this is law, this is law, this is law. Some people think, um, I'm going to fulfill the law by doing good charitable works. Some people think, no, I'm going to follow all the Levitical uh, things in the New Testament. Some people say, I'm going to follow uh, uh, the five books of the, uh, Moses. The problem is, uh, if, you, if you, just one example, if you go to the five books that it contains, that includes Genesis also. Genesis, God spoke to Abraham, justification by faith. That's very different from Ten Commandments, you know. <laughs> so you can't just simply say that five books means that that's God's law. No. In the beginning, in the first book, Genesis itself, or even uh, 430 years before the covenant came, God already spoke to Abraham, you cannot get saved through work. Salvation is only through faith in Lord Jesus. It was very clear. Shall we move on and uh, let me try to conclude as soon as possible. I think I'm surviving. You know. Okay. The problem with the, uh, oh, maybe let's, let's go to the next clip. You know. So if I'm sticking with the clips, that will clip me to finish uh, very <laughs> quickly. The problem with the soul's relationship with the law was the fact that he trusted in his obedience to the law to save his soul. Nothing to do with God. He loved God. Lord, I love you, so or you will love me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Done. Okay, that means you are going to love me. I'm perfect here. That was his understanding. Saul believed keeping the law would buy favor with God, doing good things. I'm a good person. You do come across many people in, the, in your life. I'm not a troublemaker. I'm very nice to the other people. I'm always good with neighbors. I do support fair trade. I do drink fair trade tea. I'm part of anti-trafficking campaign. I'm always fighting for, fighting against Primark because 
I know, never buy from Primark because they are misusing, abusing Indians, Bangladeshis, you know. So I always buy from clothes from John Lewis. Okay? That's the way they support, you know. Fair trade or direct trade. They think, no, I'm supporting the good water in Africa, you know, so that I'm part of a cause and means, you know, three good things, you know. Look at me. What's wrong with me? I'm always perfect. Tell me one thing. Tell me one thing. So people can be like that. Soul believe keeping the law would buy favor with God and that God would accept him and grant him salvation because he had earned it. But Bible is very clear that you cannot earn it. It's impossible. Verse, uh, uh, shall we go to the next clip? It says, suddenly he changed his uh, preaching. All this time, follow the law, follow the law, follow the law, follow the law. After meeting with Jesus, he started talking, Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is the son of God. Uh-oh. That's why people were confused. Yesterday he was preaching about law, 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 law. Now, the same guy talking about Jesus is the son of God. What happened? How can you change your blameless life? You were perfect. You were blameless. You did everything. How did you change your preach now? You're no more sticking with your old preaching. The only thing you've been confessing, proclaiming without fear, even though you were in the middle of people, they are waiting to persecute you, you are shouting, Jesus is the Son of God. How did that happen? What changed you? In Colossians 1.9, he will say, in chapter 2, verse 9, in, the, in him the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily. When I met with Jesus, what happened? I met with God through law. I thought I was perfect, but I never felt I'm meeting God. I thought he will accept me. I was trying to do things every day to fulfill the law through doing things. But when I met with Jesus, this is something different. It's not on the basis of tick box. It's on the basis of personal relationship with their living God. No more fear. When I was following the tick box, it was full of fear. Oh, if I go wrong, my goodness, it's trouble. Let me fix this one. Let me fix this one. A life under yoke, under curse, under condemnation, under pressure. There is no freedom. There is no joy. There is no celebration. Always tick box, tick box, self-righteousness. I done it. You didn't do it. I'm better than you. Always under pressure. But when I met with Jesus, it's very different. I met God in him. How? He was the fullness. He was the whole fullness. Deity dwells in bodily, you know. So the, this is God. In Philippians 2.6, though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God and things to be grasped, but emptied himself. Here I am. I'm trying to be boastful. I'm trying to be justified through work. I'm trying to be self-righteous through my action. But 
Here is someone. He was God. Equal to God. But he came down and died in my place. He was humble. Oh, oh. Who is higher? Jesus is higher. This is something different. In Hebrew chapter 2 and 3, a uh, 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 rich ordinary preacher about them. In these last days, God has spoken to us by a son whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom all he created the word. He is the radiance of glory and the very stem of his nature upholding the universe by his word of power. And he showed that, son, you can't save yourself. The reason I gave this law to prove it's impossible for you to earn salvation through work. You proved it. You proved it again and again. After fulfilling blameless, full stop, but you were self-righteous. <laughs> There's no solution for that. <laughs> so you did everything, then you said blameless. What about your self-righteousness? You failed. You completely failed. That proved through doing things you cannot achieve salvation. But meeting with Jesus is different. It's a personal relationship with God. (coughs) John chapter 1 verse 15. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. So through Jesus... He gave us righteousness. He gave us eternal life. He gave us connection uh, 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 with a relationship with God. And there is no more condemnation. And you are living under grace because he did everything for us. And he saved you. So he actually started enjoying God's presence. There are lots of scriptures, you know, in Galatians chapter 4, verse uh, 4 and 5, when the time has fully come, God sent, his, sent forth his son. So here Paul is trying to fulfill the law, fulfill the law. Wait, wait, something already happened, dramatic. No, 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 no. I'm so passionate. I'm so already passionate. Moses' law, Moses' law, I'm going to do so that God will love me. Then say, no, wait, stop. Just look back what I have done at the cross. Okay, what's going on, Jesus? When the time has fully come, God sent for his son to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as son. Oh, so that I don't need to do anymore. It's free. Why should I do one, two, three, four, five? It's free. Righteousness through faith is free. Salvation is free. Everything is free now. So... Other than doing things and get tired and living under condemnation, it's better to go back and rest in what Jesus has done. That's why he stopped low, low, low. He said, Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Son of God. How do we live in our life? Even though after experiencing Jesus in our life, are we still running, doing things, doing things, And getting some sort of fulfillment in our life. Or are we turning to the scripture and saying. He. His plan is to adopt me as his sons. Romans 5.10. We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Galatians 2.20. Live by faith in the son of God. 
who loved us and gave himself for us. He did everything for us. That's the reason why God changed his heart. He experienced that. He started enjoying that. That personal revelation into his heart by the work of the Holy Spirit transformed his life. That is absolutely by the work of the Holy Spirit. If it is the work of the Holy Spirit, we have hope for the lost ones. We have hope for the people we love. We have hope for the people we already stopped praying. Because we are thinking nothing is changing. My encouragement, keep praying. Keep praying. God, I can't change. But Bible says you can change. You can change. Not just Paul. C.S. Lewis. He was an atheist. God broke into his life and turned back to Jesus. Alistair McGrath. He's a very famous atheist. God broke into his life. Even now. My friends. Your friends. Your life. God changed. God is at work. Don't just uh, be scared because there is a Richard Dawkins talking 24-7. He can't change God's plan. Even he can come to the TV sometimes say, Jesus is the Son of God. God can do that. For us, mm-mm. Yeah. If God can do that for Paul in our life, God can do that to our loved ones. Do you believe that? If you're struggling to believe, it's all right. It's all right. But his grace will enable us to pray. His grace will enable us to pray again. Even though we believe, I don't have any faith. Uh, God won't measure. He will give you the grace. So let's lift our loved ones to God. God can save at the same time, expect suddenness. Expect suddenness. Because God is at work. And when you live, even though you know these truths in your life, the moment the law comes into your system, sorry, that is finished. I'm living under grace. I don't need to do anything to become a child of God. He already adopted me accepted me. He fully made me righteous so that I can celebrate, so that I can read the Bible, so that I can sing, so that I can live a life under grace and freedom, so that I can share the gospel, so that I can pray for the loved ones because God is at work. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, why can't we pray together? Lord, Father, we ask for your grace, God. Sometimes we do struggle, God, Sometimes we, we, sometimes we look at our heart with no faith. God, it's impossible for that person to come to know Jesus because they already left Jesus. They're already running away from Jesus. They are reading some rubbish books. They are self-proclaiming as atheists. But God, when we look at the scripture, we can see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories, including our life. You transformed us, God. So this afternoon time, would you... Come and fill us with an amazing, massive, amazing faith in your heart with your spirit so that from today we can start praying for some of our loved ones again. We can believe for some of our neighbors. We can keep pushing and praying. And we know that we can't save anyone. Only you can save. That's such a wonderful place we can rest. That's the place we can trust. Thank you, Jesus. Love you, Lord.
Amen. Let's stand and worship God.